0: Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 46 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, and the man fired from the calendar factory for taking a day off, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you that, uh, that uh, one. Okay. Take <laughs> a day off. Not a month. <laughs> just a day. Yeah, yeah just a day. Give, give, give me give me a week away. I can come wow. up with one that's halfway that decent. That was so, uh, good. Yeah. Anyway, Matt, good to see <laughs> yeah. you, man.
1: Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. good.
0: And also joining us uh, <laughs> once again, our lead pastor Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you, sir?
2: I didn't even know they had factories that did nothing but make calendars. <laughs> <Apparently>. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's very light yeah. yes. Matt so used to work at one. This this took a day off and the they were like no. Nope. Mini Golden Doodle <laughs> section. <laughs> yeah, that's this right. Is the Corky right. e section. <laughs> there you go.
2: What a, <laughs> we have Mini Golden Doodle calendars in our home. Oh yeah. Yeah, because we have you know proud owners of a Mini Golden Doodle. That's right. So our we I think we did this for Christmas. All of the boys got their own Mini Golden Doodle calendar. It's proudly. <laughs> displayed in their room, and so wow. I see these calendars you know every time I go in their room. So of I didn't know they came from a factory, yeah, so who no, knew? The, the yeah. calendar
0: factory, absolutely, no. yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, of, of which Matt is no longer employed. Better at, than so. a puppy yeah. factory. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I read a really sad article last Boy, week. Boy, they the shut what? down the energy think, in that that room, just a, went like oh, down. Listen, yeah. That's a real thing. They had to down they shut here. down this
2: puppy factory in oh, Virginia. You know these people. They, they You know it's it's really sad. You yeah. know I'm a, I'm an animal animal rights advocate here, Chad. Yes. So So uh, public display. We're gonna have Sarah McLaughlin sing any minute now. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. Arms of an angel. Yeah, of an angel. So, yeah. Anyway, that popped into my head as well, but there's nothing yeah. to do with anything. No, but that, that's I, really I sad. I appreciate the that's the calendar factory we went reference there yeah. from calendars. Yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah. 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 So we got the puppies. <laughs> three of our brains wait, wait, together. That one. Who from calendars? That's right.
2: Hiring dogs, by the way. Yeah. Cal- Did right. you know the dogs won the national championship this year? Oh, there, so I just had to work yeah. that course. in. So, yeah. Of course you
0: did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I missed getting to see you guys last you mean, week. June. Yeah. We may go a long time today. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I had a blast at camp with the students. Really, want really to hear fun all time. about it. So, yeah, up at Covenant College, uh, and it was put Covenant on College. by YM360, which I'm assuming stands for Youth Ministry 360. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> We couldn't think of the name last yeah, week. Man, dang <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Gener- Generate is the name of the camp. It's called Generate. Generate. And so That's confusing, though.
2: The, that's so student ministry, though. You come up with a lot of names Yeah. nobody Knows what, what they which mean. one is it? <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> whatever. I had an name So that's you Generate, but the band the band was Evolve. fantastic. Evolve. Yeah, there <laughs> go you go. <laughs> ignite. <laughs> yeah, ignite. All right, my well, bad. Well, we're writing curriculum here. Uh, for yeah, some we time. are. Yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Right, Planner you're welcome. Yeah. So yeah. you
2: were generating.
0: Yeah, All yeah. Week. yeah. So uh had a great time up there. The band was fantastic. Speaker was fantastic. Food was there. And, uh, no, it was great. We had a good time. Yeah. Covenant (laughs) College. So the cool thing about Covenant College, you know, it's on top of Lookout Mountain. Mm -hmm. And so we were there over the 4th of July. And what was really cool was we took the students after worship on the night of the 4th of July. And we went to this Lookout. And the city of Chattanooga is laid out. Kind of makes sense. yes yeah, you're yeah, on lookout, lookout mountain. Yeah, yeah, mountain. Yeah, okay. there out. Well done. <laughs> but you could see laid out underneath you the city, and there were fireworks just popping up everywhere.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: So it was uh, just you know all over the city. There's fireworks. So high, you were so
1: high up that you saw them like.
0: Yeah, they were underneath us. It was it was really neat. Oh, you were looking down. It, on yeah, us. yeah. Oh, you yeah, ever absolutely. driven through Chattanooga? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like mountains all around yeah. you, and it, you were on top it, of yeah. it. We yeah. were on top of it. He was watching them explode. So that was neat. Yeah. Now that was that was great. Obviously, God did an amazing thing. Saw. Uh, there were about 500 of us there total That's from great. all these other churches and everything. Had That's a great cool. time. Bunch of kids got saved. Bunch of kids got serious about Jesus. So it was a... Uh, so I have fun. to
2: ask. So, you know, our church knows right now we're in the middle of a search for our next student pastor. That's right. You're at a camp. Right. Did you get up, like, at some point and in their wreck <laughs> with, like, a bullhorn and make an announcement? Yeah. We're looking to hire. I'm just <laughs> yeah, curious. Did, so, you, did you do something for the organization <laughs> while sure. you were there, we were you just having fun the whole time? Yeah, so I
0: texted <laughs> Hardy. I said, I'm playing Moneyball and scouting talent. Okay, uh, all right. Yeah, not, not a problem. So, each night.
2: There That's was a, not a game you play in Vegas, no, by the way. That's no. a reference to a, right. a philosophy of hiring. That's right. Yeah, uh, it's a movie, too. It's a movie. It's That's a right. book. All right, yeah, sorry, go ahead. ahead. Yes.
0: No, no. So each night, the uh, the youth ministers would all get together for the youth minister meeting before we went and had the worship okay. service. And uh, so they said, hey, the first night, they're like, hey, you know, tell us, you know, where you're from, you know, your church, all that kind you of you stuff. You were that guy, weren't you? Well, and so I stood up first, and I was like, hey, I'm not a youth pastor. You know, I'm, I'm an XP. Uh, but uh, is anyone disgruntled? No, no, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just told him. I said, "Hey, we've got a great opportunity." So you did. So, oh yeah, got yeah. Of wow. you. good yeah, job. No, well done. So were
1: you Jonah Hill or were you Brad Pitt in this scenario? No, Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt. I'm always Brad
0: Pitt. Come, Come on. on. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. just asking because
1: Jonah Hill was the one that came up with the algorithm. He did. Right. He this did. Is true.
0: But you realized it wasn't really Jonah Hill, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. What? Yeah. Right. No, but uh, but had some had some good conversations. Both great yeah. actors. Yeah. Yeah. We could yeah. do a whole podcast. <laughs>
2: On oh, comparing
0: guys, and man. contrasting
2: the strengths of Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt. Well, we should do that. that that's we'll neither have to here nor there. The, uh, <laughs> We should
0: do that definitely. We'll we'll have you to save that for the Hillcast.
2: cast. So you, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. you made, So you made some connections.
0: Yeah, yeah. Got a few names. Been good talking job. to some folks. So, uh, but it was good, good. It was a great camp. Students had a blast. It was. Uh, it was really a lot of fun.
2: So there is a um, a movie slash musical available on Netflix called A Week Away.
0: Oh gosh. So did. I showed you know
2: it did. to our students last year. My daughter does. And oh, okay. your daughter. I don't, I mean, we're still praying for her that she'll get right with the Lord and like this because it's really well done. Yeah. And it shows everything you're describing, like what it's like for students to go a week, go to camp and have an encounter with God and make friendships. And it's done in musical form. And I, I, I kind of think most of life would be better if, if it just was a musical. Sure, absolutely. Like if we were all just singing so at all times the podcast. fighting with one it. another. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a really good uh, musical, and it has an amazing story. So if you've got kids, you're always looking for something that you can watch right. with your kids that's appropriate. Right. A week away, yeah. Netflix, you can thank me later. Okay. Especially if you listened— to Christian music in the late 80s, early nineties. Okay. So there's a little Stephen Curtis Chapman. Striper. Little come on, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> little
2: Stephen Curtis Chapman. Little Michael W. Smith. Okay. And Stephen Curtis Chapman <laughs> makes a cameo in the movie as a lifeguard. And there's also some Amy Grant and she makes a cameo oh, wow. in the movie as the nurse at camp. Okay. So um, which my nurse at camp never looked like Amy Grant, but that's right. there anyway. Right, right, right. right. So there's a lot of fun things about like the movie, and it's a good story. And you're talking about camp and my boys and Morgan, we've watched that movie a few times. A lot of good things we talk about. Yeah. And the kid that's in the movie that's like super talented that sings. He was actually at the thing we went back at the beginning of the year. What was it called? Winterfest. Oh
0: yeah yeah yeah.
2: He's now a Christian recording artist. Oh wow. He was there like singing. He's he's super talented. That's cool. So it's it's not like it's something you just have to sit through and, and hear a lot of stuff that's not good. Like it's really good. Yeah. So anyway, uh-huh. a fun movie for a family. Yeah. It made me think of camp. Yeah. Y'all probably weren't singing the whole time like in musical form. No. You were singing like in the worship service. About
0: half the time we were sing- no, yeah, yeah, no, Chad no, yeah. <laughs> singing. No, yeah. Dad was walking around singing. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. No, it was good. We were. Playing dodgeball while doing musical <sighs> dance numbers. Okay, and all Did that, you so. play with the old school dodgeballs, dude? It was it was the ones when you got hit with it. It you left knew a little more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the rubber one, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, that's my kind of can. <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into uh, what we're talking about today. So this past Sunday, we finished up our implications message series after what twelve weeks? Twelve weeks. Yeah, it was a great series going kind of all through the book of Colossians. Yeah, I don't I wow. don't remember the last time we've done a twelve week series, but it was it was really good. I really yeah. enjoyed kind of going verse by verse through this book. I thought it was did not funny. feel
2: like twelve weeks. No,
0: not at all. That's
2: because you weren't teaching every week.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so says the guy who sings. Yeah, <laughs> I was just singing every no, week. You know, it was, it cool. was a good series. Yeah. And, you know, we we do this if you're new to On Force. And once a year, yeah, we'll take ten to twelve weeks. Mm. I think you're right. That's the longest we've done a series. Yeah, and we'll really dive deep into a book of the Bible, and then we'll kind of get back into five to six week series. Um, but yeah, it was good. And um, you know, anytime you go through a book of the Bible like we did, it it gives you the opportunity to to visit some passages you've probably heard before right but then it also forces you to talk about some passages that you would prefer maybe just to skip over. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And so that's why we do that, right. because yeah. it, it forces us to talk about what God's Word actually says. And yeah. I think we covered a lot of different things in the series. And our hope is that it helps people in their walk with the Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's let's dive into talking about you know this past Sunday. So I want to start with the title of your message. You said uh, that ministry is a team sport. That was the title of our message this past week. And I think a lot of folks, when they think about like ministry, now obviously us as pastors, we all have our opinions and all kinds of stuff. But when the common person, probably the average person listening to this podcast thinks about ministry, most of them probably think about you as the pastor up there preaching, Matt, you as the worship guy up there leading worship. worship. Yeah, that you guys kind of make all of it happen. So when you say ministry is a team sport, let's unpack that idea.
2: There's been a little bit of an overemphasis in the church with what happens from the stage. Okay. So you know we could unpack that historically, but we'd lose listeners, and so we won't do that. <laughs> but um, I'm not opposed to what happens from the stage as being part of what happens in the life of a church. Sure. There's been a little bit of an overreaction that re- overreaction to that in recent years, where some places have said well, we don't need that to be a part of what we do at all. Well, right. I don't. I don't think we need to go there. Right. But I do think there's probably been a little bit too heavy of a focus on that. End of the day, what Matt does and what I do are just as significant as what everybody else does in the life of our church. So the greeters, the folks who are serving coffee, the Mm. folks who are serving the next generation, those who are leading life groups, those who are passing out bulletins, those who are in production. You know, I could go on and on and on those are all gifts that are being used equally by God in his economy to reach people for Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So as the body serves with the gifts the body's been given, this is how it works. This is how Mm -hmm. the church works. And that's not limited just to what happens on Sundays. We have a number of our folks that are using their gifts throughout the week here locally. We've got some folks in our church who are in Mexico right now using their gifts to build houses and do construction and share the gospel. And so ministry really is a team sport because all of us, New Testament teachers, have been gifted with gifts from the Holy Spirit. So as we put those gifts into practice, we see ministry beginning to happen. Um, and yes, Matt and I play a role in that, but our role is no more important yeah. than anyone else's role. Sure. We just happen to have the roles that, that more people see from week to week. But you know, Matt and I are fully aware of the fact that we're not doing what we're doing unless a bunch of other folks are also doing what they can do. You know, so it it just, it all works that way. And um, I think we have to be careful sometimes in overemphasizing certain gifts or overemphasizing certain roles. The truth of the matter is, all of us serving together is what matters. And, and what we see in the conclusion of Paul's letter is that principle. Mm-hmm. If there was ever a guy that we could say, now there's a self-made man. There's yeah. a guy that didn't need anybody. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy that when he sent out the newsletter every month, updating everybody in his ministry, it was all about Paul, right? right, right, right. No, you see Paul talking about these guys that are on his team, his mm-hmm. inner circle. Even the guys that we look to As great men of God, great women of God who have been used, they always had a great team with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, read Billy Graham's biography. All he does is talk about the team of people that served to make everything happen. He was the guy that got up to preach when it was time for somebody to preach. But he's not getting up there to preach unless everybody on his team is using their gifts and, and working together as a team. And so ministry from the beginning and the church has always been set up for everyone. It's never just supposed to have been for those who are educated, those who are really gifted, those who are super elite. It's like, no, if you've come to faith in Jesus Christ, the promise of the Holy Spirit is you have gifts and you get to put those into practice as well. Mm. When you don't put those into the practice, the church suffers. Mm. The church is not being everything it could be. So yeah, ministry as a team sport is really the only way we see that presented in the New Testament, and healthy models of ministry really
1: highlight that. yeah. Well, <clears throat> you kind of answered this a little bit, but you said behind the scene uh, work matters. Um, my question um, that you haven't answered is like, who comes to mind when you when you think of that, when you say that? Who are the heroes? Well, in my
2: personal journey, anybody who I really look up to who is not someone who's behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. someone who we would look at and go, you know, he's a phenomenal teacher or Mm -hmm. she's a phenomenal teacher. She's a phenomenal author. Right. You know, he's leading this great ministry. The people in my life that are doing that for decades were doing behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll think about we're kicking off a new series this week called Find Your People. Mm -hmm. So um, I stole that title from Jenny Allen. So Jenny just wrote a book called Find Your People. Um, The series is not based off of her book, but I really liked the title. And I started reading her book last week. And I'll just tell you right now, it's phenomenal. Oh, that's good. So everybody should pick up her book. And I'm going to talk a little bit about her book in the intro of the sermon this Sunday. I met Zach and Jenny Allen when I was 18 years old and in college. They're married. Uh, they were the only married couple, like, in our whole college. And right. so, you know, they're married. And uh, behind the scenes, I mean, serving, serving for the Lord, serving at camps in the summer, serving on our campus, serving teenagers in the community. Serve, 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 serve. Well, they weren't doing that because Jenny led some na- national, probably even now global ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just who they were. Yeah. yeah. And so they were serving behind the scenes. And now you look at some <clears> someone <throat> like them, and you see how God's using them in these remarkable ways. And you think, you know, well, she's got a spotlight. Say, like, no. One of my favorite um, communicators is Louis Giglio. Yeah. So Louis actually preached at Saddleback this past weekend. He yeah, was yeah. yeah. I, I saw yeah. that. So yeah. Louis was out there preaching at Saddleback. Yeah. So. Uh, Louis Giglio, when he was a campus pastor at Baylor University years ago, just started doing Bible study in his house. Mm -hmm. College students coming into his home. He starts teaching them God's word. It grows. It outgrows his house. It becomes a campus ministry that he begins to do. He then moves back to Atlanta where he grew up, kind of starts doing the same thing. It turns into 722 at North Point Church on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. He launches the passion movement. And all these years later, is filling up Mercedes-Benz Stadium right, every yeah. single year. Yeah. And he's preaching yeah. at places like Saddleback. Well, for decades, Lou is doing behind-the-scenes work. He's opening up his Bible and investing in college students in his living room. Mm. (laughs) Anybody that I have kind of let shape my life spiritually are people who never were looking for a spotlight. They were never looking for a platform. They were never seeking out popularity. They were simply using the gifts God had given them to invest in people, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: whether anyone ever noticed or not. And in God's supernatural way, he honored that and continued to open up greater opportunities for them. Yeah. Now, the challenge with that is I remember, this is about 15 years ago, I was having lunch with a guy, great guy, college student, felt called to ministry, and I said, that's awesome. I said, you know, what what do you see yourself doing in the ministry when you graduate college? You know, what do you kind of want to start doing? He goes, goes, have you ever heard of Louis Giglio? I'm going to be like, yeah, I have. (laughs) And he literally said, I kind of see myself as a guy like him. And that and, and like I didn't know what to say. Sure. But but like I wanted to be like, well, get ready to do grunt work for the next 20 years of your life. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what this is. You know, my brother-in-law, who's a phenomenal pastor um over in Georgia, um, he became my brother-in-law because we were friends for a few years and he was so godly that I introduced him to my sister. Now that's about as high a compliment as you can pay yeah, someone. You're yeah. kidding. So yeah. um, I mean, he just immediately his walk with the Lord challenged me. And so we've been friends for a long time. And I guess for the last 20, 21 years, we've also eaten Thanksgiving dinner together. (laughs) So that's kind of how that goes. But, you know, when we worked camps together, when we were in college, man, we were... We were working around the clock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we weren't there going, someone can give us a microphone? Yeah. i said say, no, we were there, do, but but loved every second of it. Yeah. In fact, I look back on that season of my life with great fondness yeah. for the things that we were doing. And so I think sometimes, especially today with social media and with kind of the uh, celebrity pastor thing that's kind of out there, I think there can be this, this notion that you have to be... Uh, doing something really significant with tens of thousands of followers on social media in order for it to count. I mm. mean, I think there's going to be a lot of people real surprised when we get to heaven one day yeah. that mm-hmm. some of the people in heaven that are getting the most crowns, none of us ever knew their
1: name. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: so I think it's important to just get that out there and be really clear about that because what we don't want to ever do is create the perception in our churches that unless you're gaining notoriety, what you're doing doesn't count.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. That is a new phenomenon. I mean, even 22 years ago, when I started a ministry, that was not as prevalent as it is today. Right, right. Um, it's so prevalent today that if <clears throat> someone feel like the Lord has given me um, something that I need to be faithful to and and write it down, Henry Blackaby comes to mind. Henry, who knows who Henry Blackaby is, if not for Experiencing God. And if you've never read Experiencing God. Order on Amazon when this podcast is over and thank me later. It's yeah. mm-hmm. fantastic. So Henry Blackaby in the 80s feels like he's being led towards this. He writes this book. It's been used by thousands of Christians to grow them closer to the Lord. Henry Blackaby never gets published today. So Christian publishers today, the first thing they want to see is, what's your platform? How many followers do you have on social media? Yeah, right. They're yeah. too lazy, yes, I said it, to do marketing for themselves. They need the authors to do the marketing. Well, what it's wow. done is it's created this this platform mindset when it comes to doing ministry. yeah. And so those of us who are in the local church with people in our church, if we're not careful, I mean, you've got access to everybody you want to listen to online and go listen to good preaching, listen to good worship. I think it's fantastic, but don't buy into the trap that unless you're doing something that's gaining notoriety, it, it doesn't count. Right. It mm-hmm. doesn't that's matter. Right. You never know the investment and the impact that you are making today when you simply invest in the people that the Lord has you around right now, right. which is what we've talked about a lot in this series. We talked about it last week about yeah. witnessing and sharing our faith. So I know I kind of you know got on a little soapbox there for a second, but I just think it's important to say that out loud. Behind-the-scenes work matters because that's a man-made phrase. Right. God doesn't look at it that way. He doesn't see anything that he views as behind the scenes. That's our sinful pride imposing that upon things. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So embrace all of the opportunities the Lord gives you and do them with great fervor. And then trust that the Lord will do with you whatever he wants to do. But don't look for notoriety. Does that make sense?
0: No, it absolutely does. And it's really interesting that you bring up the camp thing because, you know, when we were at the high school camp this past week, uh, there were so many, you know, college age staffers, and bro, they were working nonstop. Yeah. And they, the day that we left, we had to check out by nine o'clock. They had a new group coming in at one, and they had to turn the camp mm-hmm. over in that time. And it's what you're talking about. It's they're they're there. They're serving. They're loving on these kids. And man, I was so impressed with how they did. So it's exactly what you're talking about. And
2: those college students, if they keep walking with the Lord you know, in 15 and 20 years, like they will be leading in prominent positions Yeah, Mm -hmm. because they're not looking for that right now. That's right. They're just serving whoever the Lord has put in front of them right now. So I'm so glad that 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 was the testimony that they left for the students. That's great. It was really
0: awesome. So I want to shift gears just a little bit real quick here. So we talked a little bit uh, in one of your points yesterday, you talked about conflict. Uh, You said conflict is inevitable. And so, you know, I want to talk about, you know, with ministry being a team sport. And conflict being inevitable, how do we have conflict that honors Jesus? How do we handle conflict uh, biblically? I think step one
2: is be very wise when you are listening to someone else talk to you about another person. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's step one. So you don't want to be a listening ear for gossip. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I like to say <laughs> to people that I've been that that I have been challenged by people that I respect. Um, is if somebody says something to me about another person, I listen, mm-hmm. I'm compassionate, I'm kind, but then I eventually say, have you said to that person what yeah. you just said to me mm-hmm. exactly the way you just said it to me? Right. Nine times out of 10, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And I basically at that point then shift the conversation towards how can I help you get the courage to go tell that person what you just told me?
0: Mm-hmm. Because
2: biblically speaking... You need to sit down and discuss that issue with that individual. Right. Gossip is when you tell somebody else something that they can't do anything about. So, you know, if I'm running my mouth about somebody to somebody else, you know, they may think they're being friendly to sit there and nod and, and say, oh, poor you. Yeah. But they're actually aiding the gossip. So what yeah. we need are more believers who will listen with kindness, listen with compassion and say well what if you worded it this way what if you approached it this way mm. what if you didn't attack them you know what if you sought to understand their perspective first but but the first step is don't be a listening ear to that kind of stuff right. you yeah. know that's how the enemy gets a foothold but then the second step is if you've got something going on with somebody in your life you just need to go sit down with that person and have that conversation yeah. that's what God's word teaches us to do lovingly right. biblically without judgment Uh, But sit down, you know, and I think a really helpful phrase that I've had to learn over the years when having these kind of conversations, and you might want to grab a pen and jot this down somewhere, is when you do and then draw a blank and put a comma, it makes me feel like draw a blank. You can't blame another person for how you're feeling.
0: Mm.
2: No one can make you feel something. Right. Right. That is a big principle that all of us go, that's not true. No, it's true. <laughs> yeah. You got to own your emotions. We are not in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. We're not two-year-olds. We're yeah. adults. I got to own my emotions. Chad, you can... I cannot have an emotion and blame Chad. Well, Chad made me feel that way. Now, that's what two-year-olds do, okay? right. right. But what I can say is, Chad... When you threw that coffee mug at Matt, it <laughs> made me feel scared. Okay. So, <laughs> like, right now it's like, okay, we're going somewhere, which, by the way, why are you whipping did, coffee? That, co- did, yeah, that did not happen. <laughs> That's right? good coffee, dude. So, point out somebody's action on your emotion. Right. This works great in a marriage. You know, <laughs> instead of blaming each other for how you feel, point out what that person did. It could be your spouse, it could be your child, it could be a co worker, it could be a friend. Now, if you're on the receiving end of that message, you know, it's not something as severe as throwing a coffee mug.
0: Sure. You
2: know, someone says to me, Adam, when you made that expression, it made me feel like you think that you're smarter than everyone else. Do you think you're smarter than everyone else? No, I don't think I'm smarter than anyone else. I don't want you to feel like I think I'm smarter than anybody else. I need to work on that expression. You sure. just gave me some good feedback. Most of us don't want to make people... Um, We don't want to contribute to something that generated a particular negative emotion in another person. But a lot of times we're doing that and we don't know. There's a word for that, blind spots. Mm -hmm. If someone has the love for you to point that out, receive that with kindness and graciousness and go, thank you. I I will work on that. Mm -hmm. It's not the same thing, but I did have somebody one time years ago tell me, you know, you walked through the lobby on a Sunday and it looked like you were upset. It looked like you were mad. What was going on? I said, I wasn't mad. I was like, there was something that was spilling on the other side of the campus. And I was trying to get there in a hurry to clean up the mess. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. They said, but just remember, like when you're walking through the lobby, like other people don't know that's yeah. what you're going to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. So you might want to be more <laughs> mindful. And I was like, that's really helpful <laughs> yeah. feedback. Yeah. You know? yeah. right. So if somebody <laughs> points out something, it's, it's, it's you know, be, be kind and, and say thank you. But, but if you've got a conflict going on with somebody else. If you don't address it, it will only get worse. It will only get worse. Mm-hmm. You'll start thinking bad things about that person. Right. You'll you'll right. sit around, you'll you'll find that person will be taking up residence in your mind and they're not even paying rent. But you're yeah. thinking you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It yeah. just yeah. festers and it grows. So if you got an issue with somebody, you need to go sit down and talk with that person.
1: Let's talk about the difference between unity and uniformity. Mm-hmm. Um aren't we all supposed to be like cloning Jesus as best as we can. So help me understand that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely want to become more like Jesus. Right. Um, I think that in Christian circles, there can be a tendency to become more like certain Christians and more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. So you see someone who's really gifted in a particular area Mm -hmm. or they have certain things about their spirituality that you're like, man, I really want to be that way. But that may not be, (laughs) they may have a different gift mix than you. Yeah. Um, You know, we all have different strengths. Mm-hmm. We all grow in our faith in different ways. We, we have different personalities. Yeah. We have different life experiences. And so, you know, you, you want to become more like Jesus, but the best way that you can become more like Jesus is following the path that's called your life. You <laughs> yeah. don't have to become like someone else to grow in godliness. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you want to become more like Jesus, but let Jesus be your template and then be wise enough along the way to build relationships with other Christians that can help you and challenge you. I mentioned my brother-in-law earlier. He really challenges me in my walk with the Lord and has for a long time— we have some similarities that our friendship is built upon, but we're also very different. Mm -hmm. So if I tried to become more like Jesus by becoming more like him, I'm just going to get frustrated. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So if you've got people in your life that you really look up to and you admire their walk with the Lord, that's fantastic. But just remember, you're still you. Mm -hmm. It's important for us to remember that as parents with our kids. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to project godliness onto your kids as becoming just like you doing the things you do, having the same gifts that you do. You do the same interest that yeah, you do, right? Yep. So, yeah, don't, don't that that's what I mean. And okay. then, obviously, you know, not letting our differences divide us, okay? Uh, being able to yeah. have a conversation which our, our society has totally lost its mind when it comes to this. Two <laughs> adults having a conversation where they don't see things the same way, right? And it doesn't yeah. sever yep. the relationship. No, I oh, mean, it's impossible. Y- yeah. yeah, you yeah. can see things differently. Not sever the relationship. Right. Right. Continue to be friends. Yeah. Continue to be Christ-like. It's a great testimony to our community. It's something I hope our church is known for in the community. Yeah, the people of Vaughn Forest—they really love one another, and they really love me. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. that's, what that's what we're right. supposed to be known for. So, don't get caught up in our differences. Stay focused on what unites us.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I really liked how you said this past Sunday that God wants to write a story through you. Uh, be aware of that. So can you give me some examples either from your own life or folks that you've known where you've been walking through like a really tough time, but then, you know, because of that story later on, you were able to look back on that and be grateful for that time?
2: No, I can't really answer that question that way. Okay. Um, I can't think of anything difficult that I've ever gone through that I've looked back and I was grateful for.
1: Okay. Um,
2: Everything difficult I've ever gone through that was truly difficult I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy Mm -hmm. it was awful Um, I don't like anything about my life that was difficult and gut-wrenching and painful and hard so I don't look back on those times with gratitude that I went through them Mm -hmm. Um, I've never had that thought at all I've looked back on those times and gone I can't believe that happened how did that happen what did I do to contribute to that how could that person have hurt me that way? I've asked all those questions. Sure, yeah. Um, I've said, I wish I never would have gone through that, but I've never said, I'm glad I went through that. Mm. What I do think happened, and I think this is the heart of your question, but I think it's important to make that distinction because hard times are called hard times for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're really terrible. And some of our listeners, you know, you may have lost loved ones. You may have had a spouse walk out on you. Um, You may have a a child that's an adult who won't have anything to do with you and, and you didn't contribute to that. Right. Yeah. That's a hard, you know, and it's and like, how am I supposed to like frame that with gratitude? So I'll give you my take on what happens in those seasons. And I would encourage our listeners to make this a point of study because I've made this a point of study. I try to study and read biographies of people who went through really hard things in their walk with the Lord, and what did they glean from that? Mm -hmm. What can I glean from them, and what can I glean from my own life experiences? And so I remember—this is kind of my corollary— I remember when we found out that our second child was going to be a little boy. So um, I was kind of disappointed. Hmm. Uh, You know, we had Sam, and uh, he—gosh, Sam would have been a little over a year old, maybe, when we found out we were expecting— and then we found out, you know, it's going to be a little boy, which people who don't find out what they're going to have, like, I have a lot of respect for them because, I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> how do you plan? Yeah, and then I yeah, remember, yeah. like, for centuries, this is what people did, you right, know? Right, so right. my parents were like, yeah, that's what all of us did. I'm like, you know, <laughs> well, Yeah, we, we can find out now. Why would you not want to find out? But right. that's just me projecting my personality, you know, doing exactly what I told everybody not to do in the last <laughs> conversation. Right? Right, right, So we're going to have another little boy. I wasn't disappointed that we were going to have a little boy. I was fearful that I wasn't going to be able to love him as much. It was easy for me to think if we have a little girl, well, now I got a little boy and I got a little girl and and I will love her just as much. I love him because of the difference. Mm -hmm. It was hard for me to understand I already got one of those. Like, how am I going to love another little boy right. the same way? And, and, and it, it was a point of conversation between me and the Lord for the rest of that pregnancy. Wow. Because I, 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 I never wanted to, like, let that be the case. Yeah. I right. certainly didn't want anybody to know that. I'm sharing this now all these years later mm-hmm. on a podcast. So I guess everybody knows it now. <laughs> but um, the moment he was born— It was the only way I know how to explain it, because I've given this a whole lot of thought over the years, was it was like there was this part of my heart that there was a door. And when Jacob was born, it was like God took a key and he unlocked that part of my heart. Mm. And now all of a sudden, that part of my heart, which had never been accessed before, was fully available for Jacob. It didn't remove any of my love for Sam. It unlocked a part of my heart I didn't even know was there, a greater capacity to love I didn't know I was capable of when that little guy entered the world. So when we found out baby number three was a boy, I didn't have that fear at all. I just knew there's going to be another door that gets opened. And, of course, that happened. And any parent who's ever had children understands exactly what I'm saying, that when you have a child that's born, it doesn't take away love from the other children. It expands your capacity to love. That's right. So the reason why I share that example is I think there's a correlation there between what happens with us when we go through difficult things
1: mm.
2: that we're not grateful for. But when you go through a difficult thing, if you go to God, if you lean into God, if you don't push God away, if, if, if you actually draw near to him is what Scripture says, what happens is you see there's a greater capacity for God to love you than you ever knew about. Mm. There's a greater capacity for God to walk with you through difficulty that you never knew. Mm. There's a greater capacity for God to identify with your pain that you didn't know that was there. There's a greater capacity for you to experience a new level of relationship with God that you didn't know was there. Now, what's amazing about that is when you get on the other side of that difficulty, that remains. That's what you're grateful for. Gotcha. You're grateful for the greater capacity that was developed in that season between you and the Lord because that's going to that's never going to go away. Mm. It's going to stay with you now moving forward. The next time you go through a difficult thing, it's another opportunity. Mm. It's another opportunity to build an even greater capacity of love and relationship. And this is what it looks like when you actually have a thriving relationship with God. Mm. In many ways, God will move you from one difficulty to the next for a greater purpose. A lot of times we miss out on that because when we go through difficulty we push God away we don't draw near to God we blame God we seek um, for that depth of love and understanding from somewhere else maybe it's a substance maybe it's an unhealthy relationship but but God is able to grow a capacity of depth with you that you're far not even aware of, just as I was unaware of the love that could exist for another little boy until, until it happened. Mm. And so I think sometimes when we look back on those things, what we're grateful for is that. Mm. We're grateful for who God was for us in that season and the side of God we got to experience that we hadn't experienced before that. Mm. But the circumstances that got us there, we're certainly not grateful for those. Right. Yeah. But, but I think um, if, if you can see life's challenges and problems that way, it doesn't mean that they are good. Mm-hmm. We've got people in our church right now who are walking through really difficult things. And and for me to act like there's a blessing in that is, is a little, it, it, it's just, I don't know what it is, but it's certainly not caring. Sure. Yeah. No, no, what you're walking through is terrible. But the God who you are walking with is so much bigger than that. And if you will lean into that, he will be faithful to grow that relationship with you And eventually, you're going to get out of this circumstance, right? And when you do, you're going to still have that. And so I would just encourage you, if you're walking through something right now, know that God's with you, and he is available to to do that for you. If you want to use that metaphor, like unlock a a door in your heart to expand the capacity of your relationship in ways you didn't even know was possible before.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's why it's so important that when you're walking through those difficult times, what you're talking about, you have to have your people. Yeah, yeah It's exactly. so important to have the church around you, your people around you. Just to you. remind
2: you of the stuff we're talking about. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, life right. Groups that's exactly of, right. Keep you yeah. encouraged. Keep it going. Yep.
0: So, you know, shifting gears a little bit here, let me ask you this. Uh, you said that the church has both a large and small dynamic to me. Can you help me unpack this idea?
2: Yeah, the church launched large. Okay. Um, you know, people, I love a church where I know everybody's name. Well, you wouldn't have enjoyed Pentecost. <laughs> right? So, you know, 3,000 people got saved the first day. You know, they didn't even fill out connection cards. I don't right. know how they followed up with them. You right, know, right, right. it's crazy. They didn't even have an app back then, Chad. <laughs> yeah. So the church <laughs> wait, launched wait, large. Wait, I know. It's <laughs> no real. They, they launched large. They kept adding thousands and thousands of people. The intent of the church has never been to be small. If there's one message I could get out to the church at large, it would be that. The gospel message is for everyone. Right. The moment we start acting like, like it's supposed to be small. Here's what we've said. We're good. The rest of y'all can go to hell. That makes you uncomfortable. My bad. But that's the truth of what we're saying. Mm, the church is never supposed to be small. Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. Mm. God wants more people to come to faith in Jesus Christ than we could ever fathom or imagine. Mm. He is He is being patient with us, we've yeah, talked about, right. so more can come to faith in Jesus Christ. A church that says we don't want to grow larger is a church that's telling its community, we really don't care if you go to hell. That's exactly what wow. a church is saying. Every church should have a banner in their lobby that says, yes, we want to get larger. To weed out all of the Christians on the front end who somehow think that they're supposed to keep it small. That was for free, all right? So once we get that behind us, we recognize, yeah, but the only way we can actually do all of the one another passages in the New Testament— is if we actually know people. (laughs) So if it's thousands of people, we can't be obedient to large portions of the New Testament. So we've got to organize it in a small way. Mm. So the church has to constantly be getting larger and smaller at the same time. We didn't create that template. It's all over the New Testament. Right. As they're adding thousands of people, they're also recruiting. Who's got a home that they can meet in this week, (laughs) right? Right, We know what that's like. Yeah. And they're meeting in homes. They're sharing meals. They're caring for one another. They literally contributed all of their financial resources together to make sure everybody's needs got met. Mm. Now, we don't make that a requirement to lead a life group here right, because right, right. <laughs> we'd have no life group leaders. <laughs> right. But, but all joking aside, we, as well as many other healthy-minded churches in our community, want to do the same. We want to get larger so more people can meet Jesus while simultaneously getting smaller by organizing people into smaller groups. 10, 15, 20 people, you can push it a little larger sometimes, but after about 20, 25, it's kind of hard to keep up with everybody's names, okay? So we structure everything around here that way, from our production team to our worship team to our volunteer teams in the kids' ministry to the student ministry to the cafe to the parking lot to the Mm -hmm. guest services to all of our teams as well as life groups. Our ministries are structured that way as well, whether it's student ministry or children's ministry. There will be a large component, teaching, a smaller Mm -hmm. component, relationships, relationships, So everything about our church is structured that way. But the reason why I wanted to point that out in the message is so everybody knows that wasn't developed in like a a retreat where all the leaders got away yeah, right. and they came back with a <laughs> right, bunch right. of you know you know you do the flip chart and you yeah, write great yeah, ideas yeah. Yeah. no it's yeah. from the new testament yeah. okay. so you got to do both you've got to be in relationship with a smaller group of people while also growing larger as you reach new
1: people hmm. yeah um so you said the validity of the bible can be trusted um but are we just saying that because the bible says That we can trust it, or is there an outside source that's kind of confirming that?
2: There are outside sources from the 2nd and 3rd century. Um, I think the bigger principle that I would just want to, you know, get people to see is the same criteria that is used Mm -hmm. to teach history Mm -hmm. in any school. Right. You know, American history, global history, you know, European history, you know, whatever continent we want to go to, okay? If you use that same criteria for the validity of sources that are mm-hmm. used to teach our children factual things from history, yeah. the New Testament far outweighs any of those sources that are right. available mm-hmm. in volume alone. Right. right. So if if you're going to question the validity of the New Testament, you've got to question the validity of validity of the Roman Empire, <laughs> Alexander the right. Great. Everything you learned about yeah. growing up. So right. you, yeah. you can't you can't pick and choose. Now, whether or not someone chooses to say that has authority in my life, that's mm-hmm. a different discussion. Right. But I don't think we should tell people that the Bible should have authority in their life if we also tell them, no, you you can trust it. It's its valid. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's not, it wasn't just made up. Mm-hmm. Use the same criteria with every other thing that we use. And there's actually a greater, greater volumes of evidence for the New Testament's right. validity than some of the other things that we just assume and accept as fact. Right. So that's the point I'm trying to make yeah. there. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, you kind of wrapped up, you talked about the next generation, you talked about how the next generation's always been a priority. So, you know, I got a chance to spend time with students. We put a lot of time, money, effort, resources into kids and students and next generations. We talk all the time, both from the stage on this podcast and conversations about how important the next generation is. So can you give me some examples? You said that the church has always been about the next generation. Can you give me some examples of that? And then kind of just remind us why is that so important?
2: Yeah, I mean, the examples, I guess, from history matter. I don't know how relevant they are today, but I think they, ma- I mean, they matter just to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, the guys in the first century were investing in the leaders of the second century. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of how we yeah, got okay. into the second century, and then you can kind of study it from there. Um, I- I'm a little bit more um, concerned about what that looks like today. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, student ministry— So most people don't realize student ministry has only been around for about 60, gosh, it's already 2022, 70 (laughs) years, right? So um, I think W.A. Criswell's church was the first church to do student ministry. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But there was a meeting at some point where someone went, hey, what if we had a department of the church that just focused on what's that new sociological term they're using these days? teenagers? Okay. <laughs> let let Youths of America, yeah, right? right? Let's have a department or a church that just focuses on them. Yeah. And they went, all right, let's give it a shot. Let's try. There was a point in time where somebody went, you know, these college students leave their home and they're living on a campus with a bunch of other college students. What if we tried to start doing ministry on the campuses across our nation? Mm-hmm. And someone went, I don't know, maybe we should give it a shot. Do you see where I'm going yeah, with this? Right. Yeah. So yeah. everything that we see that serves the next generation at some point in the past wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. So here's where I'm going with all this. Let's be really careful that we just don't get stuck and become complacent and how we reach and disciple the next generation. You know, one of the things we're committed to here at Vaughn Forest is always being open to new ways of, of reaching people, new methods our message is never going to change, but our methods have to change. So reaching teenagers today may look a little different than it did reaching teenagers 30 years ago. Discipling teenagers today may look a little different than it did discipling teenagers 30 years ago. And here's the beautiful thing about the church. God has always given the church guidance through the people of the church. So some of you listening right now, you literally might be the person who goes, well, what if we tried this? And we all look at each other and go, why, we why didn't we think of that? Yeah, well, the reason yeah. we need to think about it is because the Lord gave you that idea. Right. The Lord gave you that vision. The Lord gave you that insight. It yeah. might be from your personal experience in church. It might be from your personal experience growing up. It might be from a number of different things. But we're going to always be committed to try whatever option we can come up with, as long as it doesn't violate the gospel message of Jesus <laughs> Christ. Right? Right, right. When I worked in uh, my church in, in New York, The Journey, Um, which you guys know I'm still super close to all these guys up there. Our mission statement, and I've always really liked this. In fact, we might might swipe it at some point, (laughs) was to give the people of New York City the best opportunity to become followers of Jesus. And I've always loved that phrase, best opportunity. Mm. I like that. Mm. I want to give people the best opportunity to meet Jesus when's the best opportunity for teenagers to meet Jesus in our community? Let's figure that out and let's try that. Mm. What's the best opportunity for kids to enjoy being at church on Sundays? Well, let's try that. What's the best opportunity for kids to feel comfortable inviting their friends to come with them to church? Let's try mm. that. So that shapes a lot of what we're trying to do, is what can we do to help kids and teenagers you know, really take these steps? And then I think the other thing that really you know, just drives me is— This isn't always the case, but if you study biographies of, you know, people that the Lord has really used, I think, in 2,000 years church history, uh, one of the common themes you see is that their walk with the Lord really took root at a pretty young age,
0: Mm.
2: um, before the age of 18. You know, that's certainly, don't take that to the bank. You know what I'm trying to say. But, you know, um, Billy Graham got saved at a a crusade when he was a teenager, you know, and, and we could go on and on. But... You, know, you just never know what God is going to do with a young person's life. And if you get to be a part of that um, at a very formidable age, that's a pretty rewarding thing. Yeah. So, yeah, our church is, is super committed uh, to reaching the next generation, um, but we're also super committed to coming alongside parents and trying to help any way that we can. That's
1: right. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, parents need encouragement, guidance, resources. Uh, a lot of times parents need permission. Our society has told parents that there's certain things you can't do. Um, and, and sometimes we have to tell parents, no, you can do that because right. you're the parent. Right. So one of the things we try to do as a church is offer is also address that. Um, so that's a big part of the next generation as well. It's, yes, the kids, but also the parents. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And so we're committed to that. By no means do we think we have it all figured out. We're trying to be students. We don't consider ourselves experts. But I think that at some point... Uh, that's kind of what the Lord's looking for. Who's open? Who's available? So many times in ministry, we can get to a place where we think we have it all figured out and the Lord's trying to do a new thing, but we're so committed to the old paradigm that we're not open to experiencing the new thing the Lord wants to do. And Mm -hmm. uh, so we try to be open because the Lord, you know, taking, and especially on a post-COVID world, we talk about this a lot. Like, what is kids' ministry and student ministry going to look like for the next decade? Yeah, that's right. Well, let's be on the cutting edge of that. That's right. You know, let's be leading the way. And um, I, I kind of think in some ways we are, but, but I'm not content in that. You know, I mm-hmm. certainly want us to continue. So if you're listening to this podcast and there's a stirring in you— um, Pay attention to that. Yeah. Pay attention to that. The Lord may be actually leading you into being part of the solution towards shaping what kids' ministry and student ministry really needs to look like moving into the future.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, and, and that's a good place for us to kind of wrap up this conversation on the message and the message series, which has been great. But in keeping with this idea, talking about next generation, we actually have our kids' camp coming up a little bit later, you yeah. know, this month, uh, July 24th, 25th and 26th. And so maybe someone listening to this they're going like, yeah, like maybe I'd like to kind of dip my toe in the water and check that out. Let's talk a little bit about kids camp. What's all what all is going to be happening there, and how folks can can kind of get involved with it?
2: Well, we found out this morning we already have more kids registered right now than than attended last year. That's right. So it's yeah. going to be gigantic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so yeah, 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 there's going to be a lot of kids up here, and I, I love what you said there. It's it's a uh, it's three consecutive evenings, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and. Um, you, you just say, I'm in, I want to help, and right. we'll get you on the right team. Yep. There, we, we do things in teams. That's right. You won't have to know what to do or figure it all out. We'll have somebody there showing you yeah. what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a process. You got to do a background check. You right. know, We don't just let anybody serve our kids. That's right. But um, if you want to be encouraged, um, be a part of this. That's right. Mm. If you want to be yeah. encouraged, be a part of this. If you want to see some kids and some students fired up about the Lord, be a part of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then— um, kids as just like adults are looking for relationships. They're looking for friendships. And so what will happen on the other side of that event is those kids are not going to have a friend That's at right. church, That's you right. know, and, um, if you're an adult that you're not serving actively in our kids ministry, we get that. There's a number of ways you can serve at our church, but it'd be fun to give up three of your evenings and at least when you're walking through the lobby, be able to say hi to a bunch of those kids because you got right. to know them. Yeah, you that's know? absolutely right. Yeah. So I think it's a really fun thing for our entire church. And then you you know a little bit more about the details sure. of the act, like what's going to happen each evening. Yeah. I've kind of yeah. yeah. now yeah, yeah. now I think I can say this out loud. I hope it doesn't diminish attendance, but I'm actually going to get to uh, teach a lot with the kids. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm fired yeah, yeah, up about yeah. that. You're teaching yeah. with the kids. Yeah, what? yeah. But I'm going to do like a big large group thing, like <laughs> yeah. with the kids, and I've been working with Morgan on that. And like, I'm. Really is there like up. a skit or something like that? I hope so. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I want to uh,
1: see Adam in I'm, a costume. I might swallow a <laughs> live goldfish. Who knows? <laughs> I go back to my <laughs> student ministry days. What is yeah. going on? I don't
2: here? think you could do that now. Sarah McLaughlin might call uh, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, That's earlier, right. We'll strike that from the podcast. But anyway, so give us the rundown of the evening.
0: Yeah. So it's it's five thirty to seven thirty p.m. each night. The first night. Uh, Really, the first and second night, there's going to be big group time, like you're talking about. There's high-energy music. uh, They're moving. There's rec. There's crafts. We're going to feed them dinner, and uh, it's going to be a really, really fun time. They won't be bored, moving around, lots of different things. Absolutely. And then that first night, while the kids are doing that, we've invited everyone new to Montgomery, new to Pike Road, uh, new to Vaughn Forest, all the parents to come to our parent experience, uh, which is going to be, again, a great dinner. That You're going to hear all about Vaughn Forest. You're going to hear about Montgomery, some great places to come, because we have a lot of new military folks mm-hmm. uh, moving in. But again, just if you're new to Vaughn Forest, we, we would love to have you there at that.
2: We have a lot of families that have moved to Pike Road this summer this as well. This is true, too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Last year at that dinner, I was surprised. we had a. It was a good split between military yeah. families and families that had just recently moved here That's right, that weren't in yeah. the military. One of the things you did last year at that dinner was do you had like a calendar yeah, yeah, yeah. of things that yeah. you could do in the area. That's right. Dude, we kept that calendar all <laughs> year. It was awesome. Yeah, we're so going to do that, that again. Yeah, okay. we're
0: going to do that. We're going to have trivia, uh we're going to have some fun. I mean, it's it's going to be a great night. So then the second night, obviously the same thing again for the kids, lots of fun, moving around, high energy, and the parents get a date night. Uh we know that a lot of folks are moving to the area and then just maybe maybe you need a date night out mm-hmm. in the town. So Drop the kids off here 5 30 to 7 30, go have a blast. It's gonna be really fun. I like that. And then night three is our big family party. Okay. And so we've got water inflatables, we've got food trucks. I mean, it's gonna be a blast. Okay. I mean, it's nice. and that again, that's 5 30 to 7 30. We're gonna be hanging out, having a really good time. So and if so you again,
2: haven't registered your kid, how would you do
0: that? Law slash camp. Okay. And there's a couple of different options there. If you want to serve, if you want to register your kid, if you, you know, are new to the area, however you want to do it. Uh, you can do that, vaughnforest.com slash kids camp, and then uh, I guess kind of to wrap it up, we're kicking off our brand new series this Sunday. Find your people. Yep. And uh, so, what what do we have to look forward to with that? I'm I'm just talking about connections.
2: Well, it's timely because we're also starting life group signups That's for the right. fall. Yep. And um, I just think it's going to be good for everybody to hear how normal it is to actually want to have friendships in our life. Yeah. Mm. We still have a part of our culture like the the self-made man, yeah, the yeah, self-made yeah. woman. I can do it myself. And yet all of us have a longing deep down inside for friendship for yeah, relationship. That's right. Um, not where it gets weird and we all have to buy a matching sweatshirts, but just you know, somebody, <laughs> <Why not? laughs> somebody who looks at me and goes, I get you, yeah, I understand you. That's Someone right. who we can have fun with and enjoy life and, and God actually put that in us. Yeah. So if you feel that, like that's from the Lord, and we're gonna talk about that in a really fun way. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not gonna get weird, you know, or any of those kind of things, sure. but but it's gonna <laughs> be fun to just talk about friendship, relationship, what that looks like in our church, what that looks like like in the community, how that pertains to your kids, your teenagers, um, are going to be a super, really fun series. I think is going to encourage a lot of people.
0: Well, I'm excited for that. Well, I think that's a good place for us to kind of wrap up for today. So thank you for sharing with us. Again, it's been a great series and lots of great conversations. And so uh, on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, SoundGal Joya, and myself, thank you so much for joining us today, and we will catch you next time.